Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The championship season is over and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe. Hello everybody and welcome to Ramble Reacts. Chelsea are out of the Champions League, but Milan march on. It's Wednesday 19th of April. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Brassel. And I'm Luke Moore. Greetings, travellers. Good to have you with us on another Ramble Reacts. Luke Moore, we've just had another round of the Champions League. Two second legs. Uh, my goodness, uh, what a what a time to be alive. Greetings, travellers, huh? That's not the kind of thing I thought I'd get, like the first tent I walk in at Glastonbury in like 1998. <laughs> Greetings, travellers. Yeah, if you're or, a day early for all the main acts. For those of you that yeah, for those of you that can't see the social media video accompanying this uh, show, Marcus has got a big pointy hat like Gandalf on and a big staff. Uh, uh, but he's got a football shirt on as well. What was the question? I can't remember. Uh, Who's your favourite druid? <laughs> <laughs> um, presumably, you asked me something about Chelsea going out the Champions League. Oh, we could, we could, we could, we could. Uh, I think it's an obvious place to start. Andy yeah, Brassel. might as well. Chelsea lost two 0 again to uh, Real Madrid. Their Champions League crusade comes to an end. Not really that surprising. No, in terms of result, um, I suppose not. I, I thought Chelsea were okay. 
Um, mm. But 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 then again, they've been okay for a, a lot of this this Champions League um, knockout phase. Um, it's, it's it's funny. There are so many ways you can dice it. Like saying that at least Lampard went down the way he would have wanted to go down, playing Conor Gallagher off um, Kai Havertz. But I think sadly. All it boils down to is they cannot put the ball in the back of the net. That is the bottom line, really, isn't it? And that was the case again tonight. And um, look, I, I know better than to start banging the Lukaku drum at the moment. Uh, you know, mm. when you're starting to look forward to uh, a guy coming back from loan who burnt every bridge while he was there, uh, no pun intended, and hasn't scored a goal in the league in open play since August. I think that shows you exactly where things are at the moment. But, you know, this is what Chelsea are going to have to consider because there's so much to sort out now. And and now they're out of the Champions League. There's nothing else to think about apart from sorting out what happens next. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just on that briefly, don't want to get too sidetracked. The reports are that Romelu Lukaku will return to Chelsea against his will in the summer as Inter cannot finance another move. I mean, I... And don't want to. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you remember, England hired a, a bloke who didn't really want to be the manager. Here we and he go. Did a bit play better. the hits. Play the hits. Play the hits. This is what we're all here for. And so, Romelu, look at what Chelsea need is, is someone who doesn't want to play for them and they maybe well, look, might it, get a bit better. It gets worse and worse for them. What a mess yeah. they're in, by the way. I mean, actually, it's, it's, an, it's an argument to say here, and I don't think they played badly last night. I think Andy's right, and I think you know they mm. pressed pretty hard to start with. I think I think there was there was two ways to approach that game last night. One was the way they did it, which was to press mm. really hard and really try and get the crowd behind them and give the crowd something to latch on to, and see if they can work their way into the game like that. Because I I thought as it turned out, Real Madrid didn't really know how to approach it. Yep. Now the other way they could have approached it is they could have just said, "We'll sit back." We'll keep it tight and we'll try and win the second half and see where we land. Uh, like I say, they went for the first one. Had they taken their chances, which of course has been uh, their problem in recent months, it could have been completely yeah. different. Mm. Because I think, you know, I, I don't believe Real Madrid actually played that well. They came into the game more and they obviously did take their chances and, and the game opened up as we all expected it would. But half of me thinks what a great result it is for Chelsea that they were playing Real Madrid because no one's going to bat an eyelid about this. Oh, it's Real Madrid, you know, they're brilliant. Yeah. They're, they're, just, yeah. they're, they're, they're one of the favourites, if not the favourites for the for the Champions League. With the they holders. All the time. Yeah, so don't worry about it. I actually think the problems Chelsea have got, which are myriad, but if you just mm. focus on the one that Andy mentioned, which is they can't put the ball in the back of their net, at this stage of the Champions League, they're going to struggle to beat anyone. If they go out to someone who's far less fancy than Real Madrid, the scrutiny gets a lot more intense and... Look, I don't want to overstate it or exaggerate mm. it, but in my view, the club's in a total mess, a total mess. And yeah. not as much has been made of it because up until last night, they were still in the Champions League. I think, well, I, I might disagree with the last bit. I think a lot has been made of it. That it should be Chelsea being in a complete mess. I mean, the maybe the mo- of last, mo- most last few since the weekend, maybe it started to become a bit more apparent, but I think they've got away with a reasonable amount up until then. I, I suppose so. I think. That that Chelsea fans would think it's been a mess for a little while, but we haven't seen too much, I suppose, unrest, if you like, with the Chelsea fans until last weekend, as you mentioned. And perhaps hiring Frank Lampard was a part of the the board's idea to try and kind of stave off that a little bit, to try and sort of sweeten the fans, um, uh, I, I suppose. But I mean, you know, as, as you said in this game, if Chelsea, like if Kukurea takes that chance right at mm. the end of the first half, I know um, 
Vinicius Junior had a, a good chance himself. So you, you know yeah. you can look back Kante at the game and say for the Cucurella one as well, by the way. Yeah. Indeed, but the Cucurella one was was the one where it fell to him, and you thought, right, go on then. Um, if he puts that away, different story. But it's all lifts and butts. They've lost two nil. They've lost four nil in aggregate, and 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 that's that. And it's the first time that uh, Chelsea have lost four straight games since November 1993. You know, well, that's a that, great that, stat. That is, that is an unbelievable stat. But in terms of Frank Lampard, the man that they, that they hired for the job, I mean, Lampard, this season, so if you combined Everton and what he's done at Chelsea, so he's played, sorry, he's managed four games at Chelsea, he's lost all four. For Everton, he managed 24 games this season before getting sacked. He yeah. won four. Yeah. One of them was a was a, a cup game against Fleetwood Town. Twenty eight mm. games managed this season combined. And, Four uh, wins. Sorry to, to jump in there, Marcus, but on the on the Lampard appointment thing, I don't know mm. what Andy thinks about this, but I don't actually think Chelsea fans are appeased by Lampard getting the nod again. I think a lot of them, I've, I've spoken to a handful and I've seen some some kind of input, shall we say, from some others. I think they think it's a shambles, mm. and and, and yeah. rightly so because it is. I mean, so what? He's a one of their best ever players, if not mm. possibly their best ever player. But he's had a gut this job before and he was out of his depth. I know they had a transfer ban at the time. I know he brought some young players through. This is a guy they've brought in on in an interim basis who is out of his depth at the level below this. Yeah. And a club that Chelsea with that much money and that much power and that much pull, being where they are in, in London and all the rest of it, being a Champions League club, to fall back on to this, I think is embarrassing, personally. Well, I, I agree with you. On, on the other hand, it's, it's a really interesting extra twist in a, a particularly twisty coaching career. Because if we go back well, a, a, a year and one a, way. a bit... <laughs> I enjoyed that, Andy. If, thank you. If you go back a year and a bit, Lampard is sitting out on the sidelines being really careful about picking his next job. And now he's picking jobs that he absolutely can't succeed in. Right? He had no chance of succeeding at Everton. Better coaches than him would not have succeeded at Everton. And then you can say exactly the same in a different situation with this Chelsea job. Like, Where was he going to get them? Was he going to win them the Champions League? No. And it was already impossible to, 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 to qualify for Europe. Look, going back to what Luke was saying about he doesn't feel that the Chelsea fans really exploded in, 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 until the, the weekend... Maybe that was something that particularly got them because of it being Brighton, because of the Potter thing, because of them stealing some of the Brighton's brain trusts and um, Brighton still being loads better than them despite the financial disparity. I think part of it, I I guess, you know when uh, Frank Ribery didn't win the Ballon d'Or? in 2013 yeah and you thought like it, he took it, was, it well it was he did take it very well yeah and uh and he's still taking it yeah. well as it happens he was talking yeah, about yeah. it i think i think last week but um andy you have a shirt of frank Lirabry on your wall and you don't have any other player is that in his eyes as good as a ballon d'or, ballon d'or. if he knew about it if he knew about it he'd <laughs> stop waffling on about the stuff but i, I think you can look at that and think <laughs> He really buy and split the vote because they were so brilliant all over the pitch. And I, I guess this is the same with the rubbishness of some of the big dogs in, in the Premier League this season. In the, the, There have been moments when Tottenham mm. have been the big story, moments when Chelsea have been the big story, moments when uh, Liverpool have been the big story, but none of them have got the public caning that they might have done because they've all taken the heat off each other to a certain degree because... 
more than any other season since 2016. A load of big teams are mm. re- really, really ridiculously underperforming. Yeah, so there's no consolation at all that Chelsea had a better XG than Real Madrid last night. <laughs> well, 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 now you mention it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but XG is not their problem, is it? I mean, it's very no. much not their problem. No. Uh, here's one to throw back at you, Marcus. I'll be interested in your mm. take on this. Yeah. Were you surprised that Lampard didn't start with Jao Felix? Yeah, good question. I mean, I I see what he was trying to do. He was going for high energy and, and press. Now, Joao Felix has played for Diego Simeone, so he's probably used to a bit of hard work. But I think Lampard went for, as, as Andy sort of mentioned, Conor Gallagher. I think he wanted Gallagher right up there. Uh, he is a Lampard-type player. He's a young player at Chelsea, blah de blah de blah I, I, I wasn't that surprised because Chelsea have so many options with regards to forward players or attacking midfielders as they used to be called back in the day. So it's kind of like, well, which one do you, which one or two do you go for? Um, and of course, you know, you, you see the three players he brings on: Sterling, Mudrick, and Mudrick, and um, and Felix himself. It didn't really make much difference, but that is a lot of attacking talent there. They have a lot of those kind of, and when I say types of players, obviously those three are very different players. But those, if you like, forward, whether they're wingers, forwards, attacking midfielders, as I say, they they occupy those kind of um, uh, positions. And none of them are scoring. None of them being particularly effective. I mean, Mudrick, okay, it was offside. But when he goes through on goal, you think, open up your body and slot it to the goalkeeper's left. He tries to go to the goalkeeper's right and hits it, I don't know, a couple of feet wide when he's in on goal. Like There's, there's a lack of confidence there. I don't know what's Definitely. going on. But it is a huge problem. So, yeah, I, he could have played Felix. I, whoever they play, it just seems that they are completely stuck and they need um, a new manager to come in and do something. Yeah, the club needs to be changed to how it's run and blah, 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 blah. But a new manager would make a difference. And we were talking recently about how um, Luis Enrique wanted to take over straight away. On on, on Monday's uh, ramble, we were were discussing that because the reports came out. And Andy, I'll come to you and say, what, what on earth are Chelsea thinking? I mean, if Luis Enrique wanted the job, I understand I'm not there for the discussions. And so there might have been finer details and so on. But surely if you're Chelsea, that would be on you know on paper. That's a much better thing to do than say hire a guy who Luke says has already tried and failed at the club. He's not cut out at that level. He may be in, in years to come, but certainly not now. Why on earth did they not try and, 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 and get in re, and Lewis and Rick in? Because he clearly wanted to. No, I, d- I don't understand that either, Marcus. And I, I think the thing to know about uh, Lewis Enrique is not only... Is he someone who can build a team with and build a project with over the medium term? His personality is perfect for the short, sharp chop that Chelsea need at the mm. moment. He would go in there and go nose to nose with expensive players and say, this is shit. It's not good enough at the moment. And not let them get away with everything. Mm. So, uh, you know, I think it's it's really symptomatic of Chelsea who know that they want to do something but they don't know what it is and they don't know how to mm. do it maybe something that unites both both those things about first of all the selection of the players that played last night and and the Luis Enrique thing I mean nothing has shown me and maybe you guys disagree but nothing's shown me that Todd Bowley has any idea what he's doing so no, the short please. answer to Marcus's question in my view is that the reason they didn't go after and get Luis Enrique is either because they didn't know what they were doing or they weren't experienced enough to be able to get him Right, so that's why it didn't happen. Probably from an Occam's razor point of view, 
And then the Colin Gallagher thing, following up on my question about Jao Felix, Marcus, is just that you know, how Chelsea, who have spent so much money, um, mm. found themselves in a position where they're starting with a with a young player who, you know, okay, is an, is an exciting young player he's on the fringes of the England team, and you know, is someone we should be excited about as England football fans too. Um, but has never really shown any consistency or even any opportunity to show consistency that he can make a difference in the last stages of the Champions League. So yeah. with all the money they've spent and all the players they've got at their disposal, with Frank Lampard coming in as some kind of firefighter who, you know, quote unquote, the terrible cliche, knows the club, why has he found himself in a position where he's relying upon um, a 23-year-old, essentially kid, who up until the end of last season was on loan at Crystal Palace and before that was on loan at West Brom. The only like, possible conclusion is he's run out of ideas already. It must have. Yeah, but, I, but to be, I'm actually going to slightly defend Noel Frank on that point because I think Chelsea, when, when um, was it you, Luke, were talking about how Chelsea could have approached the game, I actually thought they approached it quite well. I thought that this was the only way they were going to get something. And it was up an atom. He went to press them and so on. And that's why Havertz had Gallagher and Kante in there. You know, Fernandez, Kovacic in, in um, the centre of the midfield. That's why he went for high energy. He went for high pressing. And I thought it wasn't terrible from Chelsea. Yeah, but Marcus, what you what you're tempted to say is on well, another day, they might have gone ahead and they might have even won the game. Well, they haven't won in seven games. So it's not, it's not, it's not like, it's not like, oh, they're just, a, they're a bit unlucky. But it's I think, the pattern of performance. Yeah, I, but I, th- I think we, we might be getting bogged down in the minutiae here. I, I think on that particular point about you know him sort of relying on Gallagher and so on, I think that might be a touch harsh. But but clearly the overall and the general picture that we're painting, I think we're all agreed. I, 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 I don't know anybody who would disagree with the fact that that we think and everybody else does the club is in disarray the hiring of Frank Lampard was was a little bit of a strange appointment at best I mean it's reported that Chelsea have held face-to-face talks with Julian Nagelsmann about taking over at Chelsea next season Andy do you think he would be the right man you said Luis Enrique would be his ego is big enough definitely well indeed (laughs) but you you said Luis Enrique for the kind of what did you say that the the short sharp shock or, or words to that yeah. effect you describe, which which I agree with you. Um, Nagelsmann, how would you see him getting on there if indeed he was to take the job? Well, he's, he's, he's one of the best coaches on the market. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But I think when you look at Chelsea, and we're not tarring Chelsea with a historical brush by saying this because we know what's happened to Graham Potter. Are you going to um, talk about when they used to have a car park in their stadium? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always. You won't be drawn on that, will you? You're too, diplomat- you're too diplomatic. You won't be drawn on that, Marcus. I've seen the pictures. Don't worry about that. Honestly, the Sheffield United one was better. So let's get <laughs> yeah. into that. Yeah. I, I think the thing is with Nagels, man, he's um, a, a coach who could be good for them. He could be a project coach for them. But they already tried that. They already tried that with Potter. Now, I, I don't doubt that Nagelsmann is a better coach with the potential to get better and better. But there's nothing to suggest that Chelsea will A, give him time, B, give him the stability and have the insight to help him pick the right players to sort things out. I mean, really, I don't even think the coach matters at the moment. Until things are working functionally upstairs, pick whatever coach a little you like. Bit. It's not. It's not it going to make a massive difference. It's <laughs> it matters a little a, bit, Andy. It's not going to. It's not going to make a massive difference. 
Andy, let no. me give you some examples of people who could coach <laughs> Chelsea right now, and you tell me if this will make them better or worse. All I need from you is better or worse, okay? Which is basically Bruce's play your cards right yeah. higher okay. or lower. Okay, so we're reducing this to an okay. 80s parlour game. I refuse to get involved. Right. A cardboard cutout of Jean Claude Van Damme from Blockbuster Video. <laughs> Oh, better, better or worse okay uh, is he doing that pose with his legs out uh, yeah definitely um, yeah the hand puppet of Sooty from Sooty and Sweep just the puppet no hand in it the thing is Luke you know Rafa as well Benitez, as I do Andy. one of Ian Beale's failed marriages <laughs> a saxophone cover of um, of um, a Daft Punk song would any of those be better you know as well as I do that Blockbuster has been closed for a long time now and that cardboard uh, cutout would be soggy and probably have a bit of moss on it. An Evian water bottle with a dog turd in the bottom. <laughs> how many more of these do you want? Oh, how would you get that in there? Uh, first of all, I suppose. I, uh, I like to see Rafa Benitez does matter a bit, Marcus. I think I'm on your side. Bit, bit of common sense, Marcus. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> get Rafa the gaffer back in there. Yeah, yeah. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. I'm quite a placid guy. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me after the game if Todd Bowley uh, 
it was like, uh, hey, Carlo, what, 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 are you, what are you doing next season? No, no I'm, I'm fine. Don't Marcus, on, on, the, on the game, one thing I really wanted, the only note I've, I've actually taken from the game, because we're recording yeah. quite quickly after, so I could remember the rest of it, praise be, oh, yeah. and all the rest of it. The only note I took was, um, <laughs> I loved Rodrigo's Ronaldo celebration. Yeah, I, well, I was about to say, what a, what a prat. Well, no, but I, so your take on that is different to mine. Mine, I'll just explain mine briefly. I think it's good because in my mind he's taken the piss out of Ronaldo, but you're saying I don't think not. he is. Ah, uh, in which case it's worse. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Yeah, I think it's it. Well, Andy, what do you reckon? You did have that feeling. I had the same feeling of, of, as you, Marcus, of what an idiot. And then the director cut to Todd Bowley in his seat, and you think, okay, did he do it as well? I wouldn't be surprised if he did it. I would not if, have if been Todd surprised. If Todd was like, oh, I like a bit of this, yeah, that would be particularly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Real Madrid themselves are in the semi-finals for the eleventh time in the last 13 seasons, which is quite impressive. But and I, I haven't really been thinking about Real Madrid for the Champions League this year. Do you think people have been quick to write them off again, Luke? I mean, obviously last time round that happened, but they were so exciting to watch because they were scoring those goals in the last minute. And they, they never knew when they were, they were beaten and all that kind of stuff. Do you think people have, have been maybe just taking their eye off the uh, Los Blancos? Um so what's interesting is that Manchester City are big odds on favourites, right? So yeah. I think people finally think that based on what we, you and I discussed actually, Marcus, uh, last week, I think Andy might have been there as well, talking about whether Man City have finally clicked and all the rest of it. I, I, don't, th- I don't think it's that they, people are overlooking them. I just think it's almost like a tacit acceptance that they'll get the job done and they'll be there mm. or thereabouts. I think it's like a bit when, you know, a bit like when you've got a terrible government in power and they keep doing terrible things and you just, like, you just get exhausted by all the terrible things. I can't, I've got like, no examples. We're, yeah, we're all, <laughs> rack your brains. We're all yeah, exhausted okay. by how consistently good Real Madrid are. And, and yeah. that probably feeds back into the game last night because, as I said at the start of this, they didn't really seem like they knew how to approach it. I don't think... A lot of their key players played that well, um, especially given that you know, a couple of them were rested um, ahead of the game. And but on the other hand, they didn't really need to be that good because partly because Chelsea are a bit all over the place, but also because yeah. they don't they they just get it done right. So they they know what it takes to be in this tournament and to go deep. And it's a bit of a boring answer, but I just don't really think we've seen anything different about that when you take into account that Chelsea had doubled the amount of shots more possession more pass success more XG as you said earlier but I mean Real Madrid won fairly easily yeah true enough well of course uh, if we're going to widen the chat about the Champions League we have to go to the other game that happened last night Napoli won AC Milan won it was a bad night for the romantics and the hipsters because Napoli are out it was but Milan Mm. is still quite romantic on paper yeah Yeah. Yeah. oh people of our age Olivier Giroud's up front. I mean, that is, that is, the, that is romantic. What a beautiful man. He scored a goal, Marcus, that basically, and, and his celebration and his reaction to scoring was, he was almost like he was saying, if I could get another one of our players to run the entire length of the pitch every yeah, week yeah. and just put it on the yeah. plate for me, I'll be cool with that. Yeah. Well, as as as, as uh, a wise man once said, Luke, you don't buy a dog and then bark yourself. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it was an incredible run, I mean, and I know, I know, that, I know. Rafael like, loves to take a player on, but I mean that was just yeah. ridiculous and, and stunning I do, I, stuff. I do find myself sometimes. I think we've discussed this before. I do find myself thinking that for someone to run that length of the field with a ball, and mm. whether to score or to lay it off for someone else to score, the defending has to be poor. 
Like there's just too many things that need to go wrong. But then you see that game last that go, that goal last night, and you think, bloody hell! I'm not really sure what else they could have done. Well, do you know what I think it was particularly good is that when he runs through, he he has a a good opportunity to shoot and score himself. And of course, after that kind of run, you're thinking, go on, this would be this would be the goal of the tournament. Yeah. The fact is, he clearly sees Giroud standing there and thinks, if I square it to Giroud, it's a guaranteed goal. Mm. And a guaranteed goal puts them in such a good position. So to have the intelligence and the poise to do that, Andy, is is phenomenal play. Yes, or it's an indication that he's played with Cristiano Ronaldo for a number of years (laughs) for Portugal. One of the two. (laughs) One of the two. I'm going to go with what I said. But Andy, Napoli are out and obviously they scored late on to to draw one all. But, you know, Milan were, were leading for so long. Giroud himself missed a penalty, but of course... Uh, Kravitz Scalia um, had his penalty saved from the uh, indomitable uh, Mike Magnon. Um, I thought, like many people did, that Napoli were going to win this. They were going to then go on and beat Inter and they were going to reach the final and see how they got on. But you had a sneaky suspicion that Napoli might not quite get there. No, they haven't got much left in the tank, I don't think, Marcus. Um, and they gave everything. Um, with And... <laughs> If, if we want to go into the X genus of it, you know, they, they had the chances uh, as, as, as well as the possession to have, have, have made something of it. But I don't know. I never really believed. Uh, even when Kvaratskhelia put the ball on the spot to equalise with what would have been about 10 minutes left and, you know, they would have had 10 minutes to s- score another goal. Um, I, I never really felt, that, partly because Mignon's so fantastic and he's got an incredible penalty saving record. But Kvaratskhelia, nothing was going right for him. Nothing was going right for for, for for Napoli. And, you know, the desire was was there. But if you think of the intensity they've played with this season, I mean, it's not just that they're, they're so far ahead in the league. The reason they're so far ahead in the league is because they have played every match of this season like it's their last. There's been no sense of, um, right, we should spare our efforts. We should pace ourselves. Anything it's like a bit naive, you think? Uh, maybe uh, because they didn't expect to be in this position. I think it's fair to say. Mm. I mean, a lot of people, me included, didn't think they'd they'd make the top four in Italy, especially after the players who left last summer. So. Um, I think sooner or later you end up paying the bill for that. And they have with injuries and suspensions. Mm. I mean, obviously they were missing Kim and Anguissa tonight and Tungy and Dombele, Spurs fans, you may not be surprised to learn, was a, a very, very poor replacement for Anguissa tonight. And, you know, eventually I, I think it's all caught up with them. But, do you, I mean, do you think that there's a danger now that Napoli's season could end on a slightly... Um, it, it, because they're so far ahead, they're going to win the league. We've I'd love to see you even ask that time, question yeah. if you're in Naples in May. Of course, when they win the league, there'll be a bit of a celebration. But do you think... A bit of a, a celebration. Bit of a celebration, come they on. Have, no. They have okay. never won the league <laughs> right. without Maradona. They're Can we pump, just yeah. underline they're that? They're going to pump Vesuvius full of glitter, is what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> you, see, you, you, remember, you remember when we were there and they almost won the league? It's yeah. like the last days of Rome, which they won't enjoy me saying. Well, was, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, could we see Spalletti stripping? Do you think? Now you're talking. Well, let's let's hope so. Remember, he did he did a cardboard cutout, Andy, of Spalletti with no clothes on <laughs> in blockbuster video. <laughs> just was, the wise, yeah. Just the wise. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, remember he did, he did do that when he won the league with uh, Zenit when he was in he was in Russia. And you have to be a yeah. brave man to 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 strip down in St. Petersburg. I think it's fair to say. 
Well, yeah. it gets very hot there in the summer. Um, but uh, I, I do take your point. It's AC Milan's first Champions League semi-final, Luke, since 2007. How yeah. about that for a stat? You, mate, you, you said that to me like I was responsible for it. <laughs> I'll take, no, I'll take mean, the blame. I mean, 2007, of course, they won the, the competition. To me, I know that they've not been the same Milan um, for, for a while, but first semi-final since 2007, yeah, it's, and, and it's been a long time. It has, and what, you know, what are, for, for people of our age, you know, what, what a club they've been to watch over the years. And, and it's interesting this year because we're going to see one of Milan, Inter Milan or Benfica in the final this year, which is quite a cool thing. Um, yeah. Because it was, now there's the romantic stuff. It looks likely to be Inter because uh, obviously tuning up an aggregate against, and they've got Benfica to play uh, tonight, um, and um, and then they'll, they'll go they'll go and play Milan in the semi, and then then one of those will be in the final. Obviously, that's a great thing. Um, I, I personally, to, to circle back to what Andy was saying, I personally am a little bit disappointed that Napoli aren't going further. They've just been mm. a breath of fresh air to watch this season. I understand they're running out of steam. I think that's. You know, probably fair comment. Uh, you look at their results in Serie A and Lazio are on an absolute rampage and Napoli are just kind of stumbling forward, picking up wins here and there and obviously it will do enough because they're so far ahead. But I'd like them to have gone a bit further in the Champions League just chiefly because I think it's fun. They've been a great team mm. to watch, but it mm-hmm. wasn't to be. Although I like Milan and, and I have done for a long time, there's an element of like a spoiler feeling to, to, to what happened last night. And so despite it being Giroud scoring and um, it being such a great goal. And despite the fact that, you know, they weren't actually Napoli that far away because Osterman scored late on, the missed penalty and all the rest of it. It's one of those things, but I, I would have liked to have seen Napoli go further. Yeah, I think it probably will be a, an Inter Milan semi final, which, which is lovely stuff. Uh, it's what we want. Let's be it's honest. What we want. And it's something yeah. that we really didn't think that, that we would have, of course. Oh, I certainly I, take it as a consolation for sure. And if it's Milan and Benfica, again, lovely stuff as well. So, so, so we win the neutrals, the romantics, uh, until the final happens, of course. Uh, right, Luke, uh, over to you, sir. Yeah, just before we go, it's time for another bonus edition of Betfair's Popular Bet Builder. Select from the most popular pre-made football bet builders using Betfair's Handy app, and you can add them to your bet slip in just one tap. We're going to have a crack at the other Champions League quarterfinal involving an English team, uh, Bayern Munich versus Manchester City, which is tonight, of course. Uh, Andy, you're up first. Kevin De Bruyne to have one or more shots on target in each half. Now, obviously, City feasted last week. I was I was there at that first game of the Etihad, as you will know if you listen to the At the Match episode that me and Miguel did. You're at every did. game, Andy, and uh, always. And um, De Bruyne was so pissed off when he got hooked. So he is, I think, going to want to grab this game by the horns. Good stuff. All right, uh, Marcus. Yeah, I agree with Andy. Um, and so therefore, I am going to go for Riyad Mahrez to score. I think he will play. And I think he fancies a goal in the Champions League. And I think um, Manchester City will win also. So there we are. Riyad Mahrez to score is my pick. Uh, and third, um, we've got Pete. Pete's going to chime in with this election. Uh, Pete, it's over to you. Bayern versus Manchester City. Uh, there's never been a draw, I think, in the Champions League between these two sides. So I'm expecting goals. Both teams to score. 
Uh, and Pete, apparently, I'm, I'm reliably informed Pete recorded that selection while out walking Sammy Amiobi, his new, uh, mm. his new dog, who is obviously a star of the Ramble universe, the Ramble cinematic universe these <laughs> days. So both teams to score for Pete. Um, I'm, I'm going to have the final pick of the four, and I've gone for over two and a half goals. So really, to chime in with what you guys are saying, uh, I think it will be an interesting open game just because of what happened in the first leg, and I can see there being goals. So in summary, Kevin De Bruyne to have one or more shots on target in each. Each half, Riyad Mahrez to score courtesy of Marcus. Pete's gone for both teams to score and I've gone for over two and a half goals. A £5 bet with Betfair on that popular bet builder returns £136.64. And if we win, all that money will go to Prostate Cancer UK. We'll be back with another round of Betfair's popular bet builder on the preview show this Friday. Exclusive to Betfair Sportsbook, T's and C's apply, 18 plus only. For more information on responsible gambling, head to begamblerware.org lovely old job there we are everybody thank you very much for listening to today's ramble reacts we're back tomorrow morning with all the reaction to tonight's champions league action in the meantime check out that at the match andy mentioned from the etihad last week it is a fascinating listen of course you can find us on twitter tiktok instagram and youtube at football ramble and remember to subscribe on your podcast app lovely old job thank you luke thank you very much thank you andy thank you marcus And thank you, everybody. We'll see you uh, in the morning for another Ramble React. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come. It's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app. And hit subscribe.